With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From Jackie Jones Star Studio, Newville, D.C. with the University of Cincinnati, it's the Dennis Daniels Show. Tonight's guest, voice actress Karen Strassman. And now, here is your host. He is the 2009 BearCast Innovator of the Year, Boogaloo Shrimp, Dennis Daniels! Gentlemen, boys and girls, and children of all ages, you have successfully navigated yourself to BearCastRadio.com's hottest wrestling, anime, comedy, action, drama, slasher, gothic, independent film movie show, The Dennis Daniels Show. Okay, so we're not a movie show, but we've had people on the show who have been in movies. I am your host, the leader of the All Taste Nation and BearCastReader.com's Innovator of the Year for 2009, Dennis Daniel. Anyway, folks, I bet you're wondering where he is. You know, he's the uh, he's the CC to my Colin Stadfeld. I know, it's a, it's a great reference. Uh, John Pokemon, again, could not be here with us because because he has to work. I guess he'd rather work than interview voice actresses and actresses. I, I, have, I, have, I have no idea why not, but... But hopefully he'll be back this summer, a brand new season, season 13, 13 of the All Taste Explosion. This summer on BearCastRadio.com, we're getting ready to, to make the big jump to BlogTalkRadio.com, and I am, I am just excited, folks. But anywho, I'll tell you why I'm excited tonight. Because tonight on the show, we have got none other than voice actress Karen Strassman. That's right, Karen Strassman. For those of you who have no idea who in the world Karen Strassman is, well, then you're not looking hard enough, my friends, because Karen Strassman, she is she is the deal. And I am not just making that up. No, she has been in a lot, a lot of good shows. You know, a lot of good ones, you know, some some are a mixed bag, you know, some, you know, but, but whenever she's in something, you know, it's going to be good. She's probably best known as Colin Stadfeld from the hit show Code Geass. And that reminds me of a little joke I made. I, I got a joke here. It's a, it's a really, really funny joke. <laughs> y- y'all know those uh, Jeff Foxworthy, you might be a redneck jokes? Well, I did an um, anime version of you might be an otaku. So, and I've done a list of these, and I, I, I'm testing them out. And I, I've, I've gone to different conventions, and I've seen all these fans, and, you know, I, I developed this test to find out whether or not you are an otaku. So here's the one that made me think of uh, Karen. 
If you think CC from Code Geass owns that nationwide pizza buffet, you might be an otaku. That's a good joke. That was funny. I got other ones. I actually got some other ones. If you own a Sailor Moon credit card, if you thought the fighting in Egypt could be solved by playing Yu-Gi-Oh, if the name Howl's Moving Castle is what you use to describe your mobile home, well, you might be a redneck, but you might be an otaku. Again, these are uh, hit and hit and misses, you know, folks. You know, I'm just, I am just, I'm one man. I'm, I'm trying to try to do the very best I got here. What? 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 what, the, what the, I am receiving some breaking news. Hmm. It has been announced by the Britannian government that Ashford Academy student Colleen Statfeld is believed to have ties with the radical group, the Black Knights. The Black Knights, led by their mysterious and mass leader Zero, have made it their sole mission to overthrow the Britannian Empire. Again, Britannian government has just announced that Ashford Academy student Colleen Statfeld is believed to have ties with the radical Black Knights. Wait, wait, I'm being interrupted for uh, for breaking news. You can't interrupt me for breaking news. This is my, my show. Get rid of that. Jeez. Next thing you know, next thing you know, I'm going to be interrupted by the anonymous Raw General Manager. But anyway, back back to back to Karen Strassman. Back to Karen Strassman. I'll tell you what, she has had, man, she's had some Cracker Jack rules. Uh, you know, another one, another one of my personal favorites. Yuzuki from Chobits. That's right. She was in Chobits. She was Yuzuki. She was that that long blue-haired maid. I'll tell you what. I did not know she was a robot android cyborg. And and if you if you if you like Wendy Lee in Lucky Star, you should love Karen too because she's Miyuki-san. You know, she's full of those moe points. Clumsy as sexy, my friends. <laughs> Here I am doing a, a wolf whistle to a to a high school student. Man, that is pretty sad. She's been in so many, so many wonderful roles, and I can't do her justice by talking about it. So I have comprised, like for most of my guests, a demo reel, if you will. Yeah, that's right. I've got a demo reel featuring some of her, you know, some of her, of her best-known roles. And so while we have it, man, let's just, let's check it out. I'm so sorry. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> There's no need to apologize. It's either right <laughs> or wrong. You think you can flip on the good guy or do whatever you like? Not when I'm this pissed off. Colin Koski's a soldier, not a sideshow. I'm mostly pissed off because you're not resisting. There. Put me to death. An inmate assaulting a knight of the round should be good reason enough for anyone. No, I won't. Because I'm the one who did wrong. No, I won't. I hate you! Oh, well, uh... If I had started playing it, we could be here for quite a while. Oh, let's just say the term is Chinese and leave it at that, shall we? Okay, all those who just thought of something X-rated, raise your hand. Come to think of it, my mother's the same way. Hey, Miyuki, would you like to watch this movie with me tonight? I'm too scared to watch it alone. I heard that people who scare easily tend to watch lots of movies of that sort. Perhaps they secretly like it. No, Yuki-chan, you're wrong. I really, really hate horror movies, really. Would you like me to give it a try? Oh. Yuzuki. 
please excuse us. My name is Hideki Mutosua. Welcome to our home. How do you do? My name is Yuzuki. So you would be Mr. Kokobunji's elder sister? Oh, no. I'm a Persicom who was custom-built by Lord Minoru. <laughs> Lord Minoru? But you are curious to find out her capabilities, right? 586,920 hours, 37 minutes since we met. Shinku. I was unaware that you had awakened. Really? I thought I had made it known. Did you not see the signs? So, that was you. The poor little doll was acting under your influence. <laughs> Just my way of saying hello. By the way, if you've been defeated in the game, what are you still doing here, Hina Ichigo? <gasps> A doll that's lost the game must surrender her Rosa Mystica to the one who has beaten her. Those are the rules of the Alice game. Why have you defied such simple rules? Mind your business. I have my own way of doing things. Even if you should anger father... Good afternoon, passengers, and welcome aboard the SS Seeker. We'd like to make a special announcement reminding you that we're on a mission. Pardon me, but I don't recall Guggenheim telling us that having no fun at all was part of our mission. You don't see pros like myself and Dante goofing off now, do you? Yeah! <laughs> what was that you were saying about pros, Zalia? <laughs> I'm not talking to you. Well... Let me ask you a question before you sit down. Do you have enough strength left to tell me the basis for the ruling in the 1968 Stuttgart case? Um, oh yes. Well, the defense claimed that the kidnapping was a sham and that the victim's death had been due to poisoning. After an investigation into the crime scene, it was found that the victim's death had been accidental and that there was no motive. So... Since the crime couldn't be proven to be an intentional murder, I believe a sentence of 15 years was handed down. Oh. Mm. Mm. Very good. You can take your seat, Nina Fortuna. That is a demo reel of epicness. And, and I am trying to keep with every fiber of my being from making a rent joke about when she was a... Uh, Sui Ginto, and she said the number of hours since they met, because you could do like, how do you measure, measure a year in heartbeats, and that's, it's a rent joke in an anime interview, I get it, but folks, we have had a great week, Bin Laden is dead, The Rock celebrated his birthday, it was a, it was a media extravaganza, and Karen Strassman's on the Dennis Daniels show, it is a good time to be an American. So without further ado, let's get right down to the nitty-gritty. My next guest is a very critically acclaimed voice actress. She's best known as Colleen Stadfeld from Code Geass, Yuzuki from Chobits, Sui Ginto from Rosen Maiden, and of course, she's also been in a lot of new stuff, like Huntick, Secrets and Seekers as Zalia Moon, and of course, she's also the new voice of Rouge the Bat in the Saga Hedgehog franchise. So, ladies and gentlemen... It is, without further ado, that I give you, she is the one, the only, Mrs. Karen Strassman! 
Miss Strassman, thank you, and welcome to the Dennis Daniel Show. Hey, Dennis. How you doing? Good. Can I just sit down here on the couch next to you? Uh, sure. Why not? Let's go. Yeah, let's go right ahead. Let's go right ahead. We're already we're breaking the fourth wall, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, oh. Move over. Let me sit a little closer. Is that okay? That's 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 great. That's more than okay. That's fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Uh, yeah, that's, that's some crazy stuff going on. Well, I I I I can't believe we jumped through all of these hoops and it's and finally we're here. You know, we got the interview, we're going right now. We're we're quad winning, which is four times the winning that Charlie Sheen is winning. So there we go. A winning Charlie Sheen joke in the show. That's so let's get that out of the way. So again, I thank you so much and I gotta say it's an honor. You're in a lot of shows that I've, I've watched, whether it was Yuzuki and Showbits or Miyuki San and Lucky Star, because we just had Wendy Lee on the show, and uh, and of course, and of course, they have nothing but positive things to say about you. Oh well, it's mutual. <laughs> well, I guess a great place to start would be uh, what got you interested in voice acting? Well, first, Dennis, I gotta say that voice reel you made is just—it's just fantastic. I mean, you picked out. Some of my very favorite roles in there, and I just—that is—I mean, that's a lot of work to put something like that together. And I just thought that was fantastic, and I just wanted to to say how cool that was and how much I appreciate it. It's much preachified. And, yeah. And, well, it's hard to find hard to find these these things on YouTube in English because everyone's taking them down because of copyright infringement. Yeah. Now, for the record, I do not keep the episodes. I just extract the audio, delete the video, and then make the demo reel. And then this is the third one I've made. I've made one for uh, Rebecca Forstat and one for Richard Epcar. And I, I figure that's something we should start doing now, you know, to, to get the guests warmed up, to familiarize them with the guests. It's really cool. It's really cool. You, I was just sitting back and listening to it, you know, and you hear all these, you know, these voices that are just, you know, I was listening to him going, God, I love I love some of these characters. You know, they they're just dear friends of mine, all these characters that live inside. Hey, um, some of them friends are I like to like some of them are my friends too. <laughs> giggle, giggle. <laughs> and some of them I um, wanna stay fifty feet away from. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Um you asked me what got me started in voiceover, right? Yep. I you know, it was ne- never anything that I planned to do. When I was a student, um, I I moved to France, and I was going to study there for a year, and I just started getting work. I started working as a dialect coach, and then I started working on movie sets um, as as an actress, and somehow, one thing led to another, and I just fell into doing, um, doing voiceover over there. And I started dubbing movies. I started dubbing original, you know, animation and original animation. Um, and they have video games over there. And in Europe, you know, they like to do a certain number of things in English because it sort of sells well all over the world. And and I just fell into it. And I I guess I was good at it because one job led to another and led to another. I mean, there were some things over there that I did very early on, like Dune, the video game Dune which was, um, I think, one of the first video games that was mo-capped, if I can recall. Um, but I was over there for, gosh, 16 years or something, um, doing all kinds of films, all kinds of stuff, and I was the voice of um, the channel, the train between Paris and and London, and uh, I was the voice of Disneyland Paris. I was the voice of the Musée d'Orsay and the Louvre, 
you know, they have those guided um, tours, and I was one of those voices. And I just got to do a lot of fun stuff, and I got to do all kinds of different stuff. And So I never even took classes. That's just kind of where I got my training. And, uh, and then I moved to the States. And um, because I'd been doing it for so long, I had a lot of introductions, and I just fell into doing it here. And, gosh, I'm just, I just feel like the luckiest person on earth. You know, I was jumping around from job to job today and, you know, this has been years and years since I've been going into studios and doing this, and every single time I do it, you know, with the exception of sometimes you have a bad day or you're feeling sick or, you know, you have some people who have some bad energy, but with those exceptions, it's just like every single day, it's just like walking into a, God, it's it's like walking into a amusement park and getting to play, um, and I just I just feel like I'm really, really lucky. Yes, I believe it was Rebecca that said in our interview with her that everybody has a different way of how they've gotten into the voice industry. And to, to get into it and, and not have any professional background education, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, it was pretty, it was, I, I don't even think I thought about it existing before I fell into it. I think the very first voiceover I did was way back when D, uh, CDs didn't even exist. And people were listening, still listening to vinyl and cassettes. And there was a magazine in France called High Kids. And I'm sure if somebody gets on their computer, you can probably look it up and find it somehow. Um, but this is like this is like 24 years ago. And uh, this is this magazine for kids in France called High Kids. And it was to introduce, you know, 10-year-olds and you know that age range, 9, 10, 11, to English. And... So um, I was teaching theater classes for French children and teaching them to act in English. And uh, these gals who were creating this project came in and saw us teaching it, and they saw us having so much fun, and they just said, would you come and record for us um, for these, you know, we'll hire you and pay you to record for our magazine. And we recorded all kinds of stories, and I'd never done this before. I mean, I'd been acting all my life because acting since I was just a little kid has always been my passion. It's always been what I wanted to do. Um, and we just went to the studio, and she just threw roles at me, and I had no idea what was going to come out of my mouth, and I just started playing. And, and that's where I got my training was, was just doing the stuff, you know? Hmm. Um, and I got in France. I got to do some really fun things. I don't know if you all remember the movie French Kiss starring Meg Ryan and Kevin Klein. But when that came to France, I dubbed it into France. But for Meg Ryan, they wanted her to have an American accent. So I dubbed Meg Ryan into French, and I did her voice speaking in a, an American accent in French. So to this day, if you go to French movie theaters and you want to watch or you know get the cassette and you want to see that, um, you know, you'll hear her speaking French, and that's me. Um, all kinds of cool stuff like that. I would not even begin to comprehend how Meg Ryan would sound French with an American thing. I I would not be able to even comprehend that with 95% of my brain. Now, I recently read in an article that you started in the industry at the young age of 21. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, have you noticed any uh, changes in the industry from since when you started? You know, it's it's really hard to say because, like, the first 15 years that I was in the business, was I was really living in Paris for those 15 years. Um, really, so until the age of, like, what, 35, 36. 
Um, and so I, you know, I wasn't in the industry in America all the way through. So I had a very different experience because I was working in Europe. I mean, you know, there's a very big difference in the fact that, you know, we were recording, you know, like when I first started recording, they were, you know, recording on literal tape. And they, you know, to cut the tape, they'd be cutting ribbons on the cutting room floor. I remember when I did my very, very first demo, I went to this little studio and in the 18th arrondissement in Paris with this great guy, and we, we cut my first demo out of all these samples of stuff I'd done, and there was just ribbons and ribbons piled on the studio floor. You know, and now, and now you just touch a button and hit delete, and uh, you've edited stuff. So I think technically there's been a huge amount of changes. Um, gosh, I mean, in terms of the acting, I, I'm sure there's different trends and everything. I, for me, it's it's just as fun as the very first day. Yeah. Now, what do you do to uh, prepare for a role or for an audition for a role? That completely depends um, because sometimes I'll get called for an audition and honestly, I will have no idea what I'm called in for. My agent will send me or I'll be called by maybe Bang Zoom will call me and say, hey, we want you to audition for something. And Or my agent will send me to a studio and say, you know, we want you to audition for this game or something. And, and I'll have no or a commercial. Um, and I will have absolutely no idea um, what I'm auditioning for. And I'll just walk into the studio and they'll hand me the sides. <laughs> and I'll look down and I'll go, oh, okay. Oh, so they want a Russian accent. All right. Or, you know. Oh, okay, so she's 14. Okay. Um, if I get the sides ahead of time, I'll kind of play around with it. And if there's pictures, I like to look at the pictures and, you know, kind of feel what the character feels like. Pictures always help a lot, you know. Um, if I have time, I'll play with it at home. And if not, I just walk into the studio and, you know, work with whoever's running the cast and go, all right, here's an idea I had. What do you think? You know, maybe she should sound like that. Is that too sexy or is that too old or young? And I'll say, yeah, maybe make her voice a little slower. Maybe make her a little younger. Or, you know, and we'll just kind of play with it together, you know. it's. I, I think at that stage, it's, I like, you know, it's kind of like you're molding it. You're trying to figure it out and working sort of collaboratively to see, you know, yeah, 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 I understand. I understand you. Is and yeah, it's it's like a it's like a a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get. <laughs> yeah, we make that reference way too much on this show. I have no idea why, but we just we just make too much. I don't know. Which voice actors do you work with frequently, and uh, how do you get along with your uh, peers in the industry? Well, we don't always get to work together because the nature of what we do more often than not for most projects we do is that we go in and we just record alone with the directors and, you know, sometimes the clients, you know, and we don't usually get to record with our peers. So most oftentimes we see our peers when we're, you know, crossing paths in the studio. Um, I, and in terms of how I get along with them, God, Dennis, I just, I think that most, you know, 98% of the people in the voice industry are the most lovely, fun-loving, generous people who kind of have life in perspective, you know, because it's, it's we all know that it's not brain surgery, and we all know that, you know, we're not saving lives, and, you know, we're here to entertain people, and so our job is to have fun, 
you know? We're here to put out good vibes and have fun. So our job is to have fun together. And I, I, I can't tell you how many people have called me and gone, oh, Karen, you know, I just did this audition, but I think you might be good for it. Why don't you go in? And I'll do that same thing with friends. And, and we're just, you know, there's more of a sense than not a family. And it's, it's just always such a joy to see people. I mean, I just, for example, today I was just working with Stephanie Shea um, because she's directing Huntick right now. And I just did a session, a three-hour session with her. And, you know, we try and be as efficient as we can and get work done, but we spend a lot of time gabbing because it's just fun to be with each other, you know. And and um, and then I went to another studio to audition for a project that I can't talk about yet. Um, but I saw Kirk Thornton in the parking lot, and we gave each other a big hug and gabbed for a while. And then when I went into this audition, I saw Chris Smith, who was auditioning, and we they gave each other a big hug and gabbed for a while and talked about how his son is doing and all that. And then I saw Keith Silverstein, who is auditioning. We gave each other a big hug and talked about his son. And then Doug Erholtz was there, and we said hello. And I, I, I have been hearing Doug's voice all over town for years, and we have never met. We met for the first time, like, two days ago. Um, and there's some people like that. You just hear their voice all over town, and you, and you just, one day you meet. Um, and it's just it's really fun that way. So even if you don't always get to work together, it's just such a delight. Um, there's one project I've been working on called Pom Pom for younger children, and we get to record all together in the studio. And Michelle Ruff and Dorothy Fawn and Chris Smith and Mona Marshall are on that with me. And, we, and we're all in the studio together, and we just have such a fun time. And we're all doing voices of little kids and it's just, and uh, Renee Veilleux is directing it. And uh, it's just like whenever, whenever we have a studio session, it's, 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 like, it's like going to a party or going to lunch with your best friends or something, you know, and we might not have the time to see each other outside the session, but we all get there and we're just so happy to be there, you know? So there's that's a long-winded answer to your question. You nope. just interrupt me if I talk too much. No, 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 I, no, 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 no. Mom always taught me never interrupt someone when they're talking. That's 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 a rule. That's a rule we follow here on Bearcast. We give the guests the time that they want to talk because we want to make them feel comfortable. That's that's the thing. But with guys like Kyle Aber and Wendy Lee and Crispin Freeman and you know, it sounds like you guys are a pretty good niche going on. And I, and I, and I like that. I like. It. I might have to get into this uh, voice acting pie too. You'd be great. You'd be great at it. No, no. I, I, here's here's here's. I just I I, I would get nervous because you know I know you're thinking because yeah, you're doing a radio thing and you're behind you're behind a mic behind a secluded area. You know, it's more like no, no, it's not because I, I I saw Wendy Lee's voice acting panel at ANG Ohio and I was I wanted to do it but I was scared I would have screwed up and it would have just been. <laughs> and I'm stuck in I'm stuck in pubescent teenage boy mode for some reason. I can't get out of it. That's good for anime, though. That's perfect. Uh, you know, <laughs> you are not the first person to say that. Well, I mean, since you uh, since you kind of uh, transitioned into it, can you tell us a little bit about uh, Huntick Secrets and Seekers? It's a, a new show on, on the four kids, Toon's Eye, and uh, uh, what's it about, and uh, how's it coming along? Well, Huntick is about these um, these well, my character, her name is Zalia, and she is one of my favorite characters I've played in a long time. She is hot and sexy, and she has this very dark side to her, but the other side to her, she 
she wants to be a good guy. And um, in the first season, she was a bad guy. And she transitioned over to this group, um, the good guys, and who, you know, they all have these um, special, the special powers that they work with. And um, and now they're they're all working for good. But she still has this dark side to her and this very dark past and this troubled past. And she is sexy and tough. And uh, it's just, it's a really fun show, you know. And it kind of straddles the world of, you know, sort of Yu-Gi-Oh meets, you know, Saturday morning cartoon animation. It's it's part anime, but it's it's really very Saturday morning animation. And it's just, it's really, really a fun show. It's it's funny you mentioned Yu-Gi-Oh because uh, we had a we had Eric Stewart on the show and before him uh-huh. before he came out uh, he he kind of stomped my ass by doing Kaiba so it, it it's kind of a rule here on the show that I at least get my ass kicked by one cartoon character that's that's kind of a given it started with Pat Fraley who did Krang then Eric Stewart did Kaiba then Winnie Lee did Konata and it's 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 been a very 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 best up tradition here. <laughs> so, yeah, her name's uh, what Zalia Moon. That's a that's a fancy name. Yeah, Zalia Moon, and she talks right down here, and uh, you don't mess with her. <laughs> she's got these hot these hot boots. I mean, she's she's pretty hot. Oh, well, you gotta watch these. You gotta watch these magic kids. You know, if they get out of line, you're gonna have to kick their ass. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. I I mess with that Harry Potter nonsense. BearCastRadio.com. This is the Dennis Daniels Show. We got Karen Strassman on the air now. Um, which of the characters that you have done um, best reflects your own personality, or, or something about you that you like? Oh wow, gosh! I think there's so many different characters that reflect different parts of my personality. Um, gosh, I I love. Um, that's so hard. There's so many different ones. We can come back. We can come back to it. I love I love the struggle of Nina on Monster. I mean, I I wouldn't say that, you know, I wouldn't say that I am Nina from Monster, um, but you know, I, I think I, I wouldn't say that I'm like her, but she is just she is one of my the favorite characters I have ever played. Um, you know, she's just struggling with her identity, and she's just. Gosh, she's just um, such a real, you know, it, it's really like acting for live action when we did Nina, you know? It's, you know, it's not that over-the-top anime, but it's so real. And I think, like, so much of Monster is just, like, chilling, you know? And she's struggling for her identity and for her life. Um, and she's one of my favorite characters, I think. I think that's one of my favorite shows I've I've ever done. Um, in terms of characters that are similar to me, I love Momo Hinamori from Bleach. I, I love her strength and her soulfulness. Um, and her just, her just, her desire to do good. I think that, you know, and, and it's, it's her downfall because she wants to be so faithful to people and she wants to do good and, and it ends up being her downfall and, and I can relate to that. Um, I can very much relate to Miyuki from Lucky Star. She's one of my favorite characters too. Because she's she's smart but she's clumsy and 
she just she gives these long winded explanations for things, um, and uh, I, I can very much relate to that. It's not clumsy; it's moe. <laughs> okay, we go, we, we're going to the record. Clumsy equals sexy. I I, I, I don't know why. I, I honestly do not know why. I mean, it, it, it's cute, but you feel bad at the. It's like kicking a puppy. You, you get that thrill, but when the puppy lands, you feel bad. <laughs> I, I, I got a real, I got a real uh, unique nick in the in the old noggin, so I have no idea where that. <laughs> it's funny, right, Miyuki? We got a we got a we got a question for a voice request, but we'll come back to that yeah. later on in the show. It's 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 funny. We've been doing that. We did this when no Wendy was on, so we gotta we'll deal with it. But moving right along, um, do you think that anime is prejudiced or sexist in the sense of how it sometimes portrays some of its female characters? Oh gosh, you know. I I just don't really worry about that or think about that. I mean, I guess somebody who's, you know, a full-fledged feminist could, you know, have a long-winded monologue about that. I don't really think about it. I just think it's fun. You know, of course, of course, sure, sure, some of them are sexist and there's boobs and there's, you know, light-headed, booby women or... I don't know, you know, and then there's tons of women who are kick-ass. I mean, there's Soifon. Soifon is like, she's she's kick-ass, you know. Then there's there's some real real tough anime characters, you know. Uh, Queen Delphine from The Last Exile is is pretty tough, you know. A lot of characters I do in video games, you know, they're pretty tough. I I don't know. I mean, I think that people could get into a whole conversation about that, but. For me, I, I just think that anime is fun, and I think that there's lots of fun characters, and I think you can find all different kinds of colors and shapes and sizes, you know? And, you know, I think it's fun to do a spacey, pink-haired woman from time to time. That's fun, you know? So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's that's my opinion. Well, it's not my question. It's one. Of, it's a listener question. I'm not going to say who because it's, it's a weird question, and I don't want them to feel odded out. Now, uh, we, we talk with this a lot about with our guests. Um, it's the effects of piracy in the anime industry, and we, we like to get our guests' opinion on it. Um, how has it affected the many shows that you get to be a part of or how many you get to audition for? Well, basically, um, there's just less anime being recorded now. It's it's really that simple because of all this. The problem is is, is because of all the piracy... Um, the companies aren't making money, and there's companies that had to fold. There's companies that had to stop doing it, and I, I, we just most of us just don't do that much anime anymore because um, companies can't afford it. I I spend much more of my time now doing video games, and you know the odd anime here and there, you know, um, and it's it's a it's a real shame. It's just too bad, and I think I think it's sort of ironic because. You know, the, the piracy is coming from the fans because they love the anime so much that they want to watch it and listen to it. And I and I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any conscious bad or evil intention. I think I think it's un, unconscious. I think people don't realize that through all the piracy, they're actually putting an end to the things that they enjoy so much. 
and I just I just think we need to bring some conscious to it across consciousness to it across the board. Um, you know, if you pay for your anime, then we can make more for you. If you don't, then it's just going to become a thing of the past. Yes, and, and if you don't think they're cracking down, they are cracking down. Yeah. I recently read on a, on Twitter or a, a Twitter feed that um, last February, uh, Funimation had taken to court 1,336 individuals who, and who had, who were accused of collectively participated via the internet in the unlawful reproduction and distribution of One Piece episodes. Now, most of them are, have been dropped, but they can be pursued still. So I think that was the slap on the wrist saying, no, don't do it. Even even their, even find ways to uh, get around the get around the uh, the video distribution thing. They, they found websites that can download the video straight from the YouTube URL. So, guys, I'm going to say this. I've said it before. I've said it a thousand times. Don't download anime illegally. It's like it's like you're throwing a turn in the punch bowl that is anime, and we can't enjoy the anime punch because there's a downloading turn in it. Uh, again, again, maybe maybe not the best way to word it. I think the message is pretty clear. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, Dennis. I mean, it's just it's a shame because it's putting an end to the thing that people love. I mean, honestly, I used to be. You know, sometimes I'd be juggling seven shows at the same time. You know, and running from the studio to the next and there's just not that many out there anymore. I mean, you know, there's Bleach, which is ongoing, Naruto, and there's there's a couple, you know, here and there, but uh, they're they're fewer and far between, and it's it's because it's because of all the piracy. And uh, you know, if if it continues, anime will be dead. And we all pause for a three second shameful head shake. We're all shaking our head in shame. Well, I, I can't wag the finger because. It's radio, so I'm just shaking the head, or I'm going to go... Yeah, but I'm sitting next to you here on the couch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shaking your head and wagging your finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I wonder if anyone's buying that on the couch. I wonder if anyone's buying that. The interview couch. The interview couch. Gosh, man, I want to get some chairs in here, get some chairs, maybe get some, maybe get a nice... Nice, uh, nice oil painting of myself. You know that'd be that'd be nice. You know, do the place up maybe a lot like Piper's Pit. That would be awesome. But anyway, anyway, anyway. So, so, so you're mostly doing video games. That's a great. That's another great transition. You're also known as Helena Douglas from the Dead or Alive video game series. Uh, how'd you land that role? Uh, that is absolutely true. I do that, Helena uh, Douglas. Well, it is. It's people, they called me into audition, and uh, I did the audition, and then they booked me the role, you know. Um, you know, when you live in France for a long time and you speak French fluently, à ce moment-là, c'est très facile d'avoir des rôles en français. Vous voyez ce que je veux dire? You know what I mean, right? Um, oh, oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, good. Give my regards to Glass Joe. A pure punch-out reference. That's that. We're, we're making all kinds of great references. Wow, <laughs> uh, that 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 was hot. That was quite hot. Oh, and I'm very glad you liked it. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Hang on. I gotta. I gotta calm down. Gotta calm down. Oh boy. That was okay. Okay, now we jump from Dead or Alive to your role in the new Mortal Kombat game. You play both Melina and Katana. 
Oh yeah, that was fun. Yes. Did you did you ever get to meet the guy that went toasty? <laughs> no. I didn't. I didn't. I have no idea what was that. That must be some kind of Mortal Kombat reference because I don't get it. You know the coolest video game that I'm really, really excited about that's going to come out in a few weeks? Uh, no, but why don't you go ahead and tell us? Red Faction Armageddon. Red Faction Armageddon. And uh, I guess, mm-hmm. well, since we're already doing a plug for it, when does it drop? Oh, gosh. Um, in a couple of weeks. I don't know the exact date. I guess I could look it up. To the right Google. You can, you, there's a, you, if you Google Red Faction Armageddon and you Google Kara, K-A-R-A, you, and you, at YouTube, you can actually pull up a trailer I did just a couple weeks ago for it. Let's go ahead and do that right now. Let's do that. Oh, you can play it over the radio. Yeah, I got, uh, I got it. I got the, uh, let's see, um, Kara, K-A-R-A? Yep. Trailer? Okay, let's see. We've got, oh, here we go. Let's go ahead and take a quick listen. Rated M for Mature. Mars has always been dangerous. Since the terraformer was destroyed, it's only gotten worse. Down here in Bastion, we got laws against smugglers. But trust me, I can take care of myself. Hey, uh, this old Ark welder still work? <laughs> But it's good to have friends like Darius Mason. The man never looks for trouble. Come on now, you all know me. You're the one who unleashed hell on us But it sure seems to find him. This time, the trouble runs deep. Life forms approaching. These are non-human. Non-human. Deep enough to take down all of Mars, shall we? Hang on. Once we clear the path, we'll need some serious firepower. May 31st, rated M for Mature. I think that's. I think it's going to be an amazing video game. We had, I did. Um, I did all the mocap for Kara. Um, I did all the motion capture for her, and um, the, I think it's. You know, you look at the characters, and and it's just so well done. I think people are really going to enjoy the game. I'm. I'm really looking forward to it coming out. Weren't there like a whole bunch of different celebrities that were in? In like like the various red faction, red or, or, is it, or I think a red army faction. I think I'm, I think I'm thinking of red army faction because I could have swore. Let me let's see what is this? Uh, yeah yeah, yep. That uh, I was thinking of another game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess I I don't know. I I've never played a red faction game, but from what I've heard, Mars might be at stake. So 
I guess uh, maybe if they put in a uh, downloadable content pack where you can download me and my co-host as playable characters, maybe. <laughs> uh, we're trying to get into everything, but we're, we're not going to get into anything. But from what I hear, Karen, it sounds like a real kick-ass game that a lot of my fans should be going to pick up and playing on their different consoles, which it's going to be released to, which I don't know which ones, but it's going to be released to quite a number of them. Now, of course, aside from, you know, from Hilaire Douglas and Melina and Katana and and Car in the new Red Faction game, you've also you also had the pleasure of being the new voice of Rouge or Rose. Uh, Rouge. Rouge the Bat in the new Sonic Hedgehog video game series. Uh, how did you develop her character? Um, I saw a picture of her and I was and a description of her and I just sort of um sort of came up with her voice, and we were in the studio recording it with Jack Fletcher and uh, the clients, and we just kind of sort of honed it to what they were looking for. Um, she's really fun. She's she's hot. She's the hottest bat I've ever seen. Well, how many hot bats have you actually seen? That's true. Touche. It just seems, it just seems, it seems, first, are the, are the, are the, Boots or feet or and, and, and I I just I'm I'm trying to wrap my I mean I've I've seen her plenty of times I'm still trying to wrap my brain who designed her like that that that, that I know. you know you don't see the other Sonic girls looking like that you don't see Amy or or I know or, or Cream or or the or the or the female Knuckles they, they they she she looks like and I and I'm I'm going to possibly go out on a limb and say this she looks like a prostitute. Yeah, Who? I said I said prostitute. It, 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 <laughs> she looks. She are those are those boots or are those her feet? <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm looking at it right now and I'm I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. This might be a, a yeah. They look like they look like their boots, but they and she's got she doesn't look like a bat. She she she's got the wings and it it's I'm trying to again again Dennis, you're thinking way too much into these things. So let's well when, well when to. Go back to your question before, when I auditioned for them, her, they also, one of the directions was they were looking for sort of a Roger Rabbit, a Jessica in Roger Rabbit kind of feel. So we were kind of leaning in that direction, too. And and she definitely sort of has that feel to her. Yes, it's like she's the Jessica Rabbit of Sega. Exactly. Unless they release someone else who looks like Jessica Rabbit from Sega, and then that joke is obsolete. Now, now you've done a lot of video games. How is it different from voicing in an anime to you? Um, well, voicing anime is, you know, more often than not, you know, you're doing ADR, you're dubbing it to picture um, in anime. So, you know, you have the picture in front of you, it's already moving, the mouth is moving, and, you know, more often than not, you have the Japanese reference. So you're trying to get very close to what already exists. Um, sometimes in video, there's two different kinds of video games. There's video games that might, for example, be Japanese video games if they already have a Japanese voice and they want you to sort of match the Japanese voice. And then you might have some ADR to do and fit it into the mouth and they'll play you the Japanese voice and you sort of have to match the timing and match the, what they're, you know, what they did in Japan. There's another kind of family of video games that they don't have the voice yet. They don't have the voice in any language, and you are creating it. So there's no picture. 
you know, there's no predetermined voice. You create it, you know, from ground up, and they, you know, they tell you what they're looking for. And then you just have pages of lines in front of you, and, you know, without picture, without anything in you, you just create them. And uh, you work in the studio, and the director says, you know, more like this, or more aggressive, or, uh, you know, and and you just create it from nothing. So that's that's the big difference. And the other difference is, of course, in video games, there's a lot of lines very often. You know, there's combat lines, and there's efforts, and there's, you know, a lot of repetitive lines because, you know, you have to say different things over and over again. So you just, instead of interacting with other characters or responding to other characters, which you do sometimes, there's a lot of lines where you're just, you know, saying that line on its own. I'm just I'm going through the the list right now. Uh, Ace Combat uh, Five and Six, Arm Core Four, uh, Baroque, uh, Cross Edge, Crimson Gem Saga, Final Fantasy Four. You were Rosa Farrell in that one. Uh, Crystal Chronicles, Crystal Bearers, uh, incidental characters. That's kind of that's kind of a crass name. Uh, Rumble Roses Twenty. Oh yeah. Uh, Miss Spencer, I saw video. I saw video. I didn't. I didn't hear any of your audio because I, I guess because it was just it was just entrances. But th- that mm-hmm. that seemed kind of maybe I'm missing something here. <laughs> again, again, Soul Calibur Four, Sweet Coden Five, uh, Supreme Commander, uh, Valkyrie Chronicles. You have been in a a lot of games, and it's just... yeah. And there's and there's I think a lot that are missing from your list. Like I did like. At least twenty voices for EverQuest. Um, I've done Tony Hawk, a bunch of Tony Hawk's games. I mean, there's a lot of games that, that I should make sure are put on these lists that I haven't really done. That's Wikipedia, <laughs> so Starcraft. Um, yeah. Well, Wikipedia is not perfect, so. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to fix that. Yeah, but again, I'm just. <laughs> Hey, I'm still trying to I'm still trying to shake off Helena. That was that was just that was amazing. <laughs> okay, now now aside from doing video games and uh, voice acting, I, I got a few more voice acting questions, but we'll go back to those later. You've also been casted as an extra in live action shows like Desperate Housewives, House, and Monk. Uh, what was that like? Um, actually, that's not true. I, I've never been an extra. Is this live action? It says. Uh, House female guest number one, Monk Country Club lawyer. Yeah, those are but those are actual roles. Um, I've never I've never de- I've only once um, done some extra work. Um, I think it was in a Drew Barrymore film to get my SAG card or something. But um, I, I've never I you, otherwise all those things that you see here are real roles, either co-star or guest star roles, where you can actually you know see me on screen and I play these different roles. Um, I, that's my very first love. I, I love doing on-camera work. Um, I think one of my favorite things that I've done recently is I play the mother of a murderer on Criminal Minds. And, uh, she was this, I think the murderer was like a teenager, 16, 17 years old. And, um, you know, they lived up in the woods, you know, kind of. Um, away from everything, and uh, I think she knew all along that her son was a murderer, and she was trying to hide him, and she was kind of abused by her husband. It was sort of a very kind of raw um, 
a role, but it was it was just so much fun to play. Sort of. Uh, my parents are big, big fans of Criminal Minds. My mom watches it every Wednesday night, so hopefully she's seen you in, in the episode. Yeah, I guess so, huh? She's she's a real big fan of that, and I will tell I will tell her to keep her eye peeled if she if they do air reruns on um, CBS or if we can find it on 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 YouTube somewhere, then we can I'll send you a link to it. But it, it was cool. Did you ever get to meet any of the celebrities? Like like for a month, did you ever get to meet Tony Shalhoub? Or Tony Shalhoub was the kindest man. I played um, sort of a snooty, a snobby uh, country club lawyer in an episode of Monk. And I'll tell you, you know, we walked on set and there was another guy who was playing a lawyer opposite me. And we we had a really nice scene. It was one really nice long scene, you know, but it wasn't like we had days and days of filming. We just had one day on the set to shoot the scene. Um, That was just really fun. Um, And... Tony walked up to us and held out his hand and just said, hello, I'm, my name's Tony. Like, you know, like, just it was so humble and kind. And he just said, hello, it's good to meet you. My name's Tony. You know, welcome to the set. And he looked at us, he looked at me straight in the eye, and he said, I really appreciate you taking the time today to come be here with us. We care about our show a lot, and it really means a lot that you're here working with us. And it was just, it was so kind, and this man is a celebrity. He works every day. He had to be exhausted, you know. And in a way, you know, I'm I'm a dime a dozen, you know. Every day, I'm sure he has people with roles like me who come who come on the set, and just coming to me with gratitude and that kind of attention and kindness, you know. I I hope that if I ever get to be in his position, that I will have a quarter as much grace as he does. Just a lovely human being. I love Muck, and that, I, I'll have to watch the episode. I don't know which episode that was, because not say which one, but it just, it just says Monk, Country Club Lawyer, so. <laughs> it, I, I guess it involves a country club. Maybe one where they go golfing. It might be... Yes, uh, it's that one, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, maybe, let me... I'll let me. Tell you, actually, I can tell you the name of it. Let me look. I'm just going IMDB for a second here. Yeah, I am getting a late-breaking word... To, re- to an- they want me to announce that yes, indeed, those are those are Rouge's boots. They are not feet. They are boots. That's good to know. Okay, this has been brought to you by Internet fans. Internet fans. They have no lives. The name of the episode is Mr. Monk and Sharona, and it's uh, when Sharona makes a guest appearance. I I, I, I like Sharona. N- Natalie, Natalie, that was okay, but. Sharona had the great had the great hair. Oh, I, uh, I I know that one. I know that one. It's the one where she she comes back and she um she's in town. She's trying to get um she's trying to get a settlement, but then they find that they find they they have to prove that it, it is it was fake and they have to then they then they pull a murder case and then at the end Sharona trips and she still gets her lawsuit. That's it. That's it. All right. And now I know because knowledge is power. Gee, I do. <laughs> One of your better-known characters is Colleen Stadfeld from Code Geass. Uh, what was it like to portray her, and how did you develop her character? Oh, that was so much fun. That was such a fun show. What was really, really interesting about that show, um, Kevin Seymour directed that show. And what was really interesting is I never knew what was going to happen in the next episode. So, you know, 
I, I never knew what was going to happen with Zero. I never knew whether he was good or bad. I never knew. I never knew anything ahead of time. Like sometimes you'll you'll know where the show is going, and many times you won't. But this one, it's just like I would be in the studio that day, and I'd only know what was going on that day. So like my experience was purely, you know, that day in the life of Colin. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I'd say to Kevin, I'd be like, well, "What's she gonna do? Is she gonna turn good? Is she bad? Is, is she gonna fall in love with him?" And he'd just look at me and smile. He wouldn't tell me. <laughs> so I just have to play it for that moment. Um, Don't you just hate that? Right. <laughs> hey, when they do that, guys, it reminds me of uh, when we had John Cena on the show, and I asked the interview, I go, hey, John, I got a question for you. He's like, okay, what? Um, at, at, at TLC, uh, did you intentionally fall through that table, or, or was it an accident? And he looks at me, and he goes, I'll let you be the judge of that. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> and it's, I'm like, gosh, that, that, that was just that was just stupid fine. And maybe she's, maybe one of the questions she should have asked is, uh, "Is she gonna wear clothes today?" Because no offense, I <laughs> exactly. just noticed a lot of you know a lot of nude scenes or a lot of you know just bearing it out. It's like like where where do they develop these characters? Their H and has got like like I, I, that little that little Playboy bunny outfit she would just randomly wear. <laughs> bunny outfit. Uh, that uh oh gosh, what else was there? All those shower scenes that she just happened to be in the shower. <laughs> uh, but but still, you don't want to you don't want to mess with her. She will kick your ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gosh, I I think she's hot personally. So, <laughs> but uh, I gotta I gotta watch some more of the episode of the show. I, I I hear it's very very good. I just I just noticed I, I'm starting to see all these pairings with her and 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 Cece. I I I don't know that she's C two C C C squared. It's just it's 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 like all right, stop with the sex scenes, please. You're ruining the show. Now we're coming from the College Conservatory of Music here at the University of Cincinnati. A lot of we uh, have a lot of vocal majors, theater majors, drama majors, and one of the questions we'd like to ask our voice acting audience is: um, Do you have any advice? For those who want to aspire to be voice actors, and uh, any advice on how they should get, go about making their uh, way into the industry? Um, yeah, I could say a couple things. I'd say, first of all, I'd say, you know, do tons of theater, too. You know, I mean, if, if you like that. If you don't like that, don't. Um, but theater is just, God, theater is just the most wonderful thing, and it really gives you an opportunity to just, disappear into a character, you know, and play. So that's that's just, I think that's sort of the base of any kind of acting. Um, there are so many different ways to get into voice acting, you know, and so many different people I know have gone in, gotten into it in so many different ways. You know, like me, I, I, I'd never even taken a voiceover. I'd been doing theater since I was a very little girl because I loved it, but I'd never taken a voiceover class, and I just started doing it. You know, um, I think, you know, and then some people like to take classes. Um, I think a really fantastic thing to do is just start playing on your own at home. You know, start making up voices. And, you know, everybody has an iPhone these days or something you can tape with or your Mac or something. You know, just start making up voices and um, putting them on tape, you know, and create a collection of voices. And, you know, now so much is available. I mean, you can go online and you can hear different people's 
voiceover reels. I mean, you can just find so much online. And I think you can imitate other people if you like the voices that they do. Um, when I first started out, there was in um, uh, Paris, I heard this woman, when I was working on this thing called Hi Kids, there was this woman named Mimi Seaton, and she was doing little boy voices. And it was just fantastic. And she'd sit there in the studio, and I would look at her, and she would, like, turn into a little boy. And she'd gesticulate with her fist, and, you know, she just turned into this little tomboy, and she was this grown woman. And I thought, that is the coolest thing. I want to learn to do that. And, um, and I would go home, and I would, you know, remember what she was doing, and I would, I would you know, learn to do it on my own just because I thought what she was doing was so cool. And I think what, that's one of the best ways to learn is just to go home and start playing around, you know? Oh, I love this voice that this person does. Let me try and do a voice like that and, um, and play. I mean, to me, it is just, it's so much about play. Um, and then there's all kinds of, you know, there's all kinds of ways if you want to start getting professional experience. You know, I think that there's a lot of schools out there and people who are looking for people who will do jobs for free. You know, there's schools, probably even at your school, there's people who have, have animation projects. And uh, you can do projects for them for free. You know, see where you can volunteer, find out, and just start getting experience. I think the more, if you're really, really serious about it and you want to really get into the industry, I think the more you can just get out there and say, you know, do radio plays with people and record it and, you know, find it you know, animation schools, people who are creating students who are creating, you know, animation and say, hey, you know, I want to, I'll do voices for you for free and, and start, you know, just offering up your services. And I think the more kind of experience you can get in front of a mic and playing, you know, the, the more comfortable you'll be when you start to really get into a professional arena. I, I got a question. Is that high kids, are they related at all to high lights? Magazine? Um, no, no, but it was the same. It's 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 a little bit later than that era. It's like 15 years after Highlights came out, I'd say. But um, but it's it's a French thing. It's, it's sort of I'd say it's kind of the same thing, but they're not related. Those finding the picture puzzles just got me every time. Brock, Pewter City Gym Leader and Pokemon Breeder. And this is the All-Taste Explosion with the Boogaloo Shrimp featuring John Pokemon. Pokemon. Right now, let's go ahead. We actually got our first listener question. So are you ready, Karen? I'm ready. Okay. Our first two questions come from Cedric Smith. Uh, how did you come up with the voice of Sui Ginto in Rosen Maiden? Hey, Cedric. Um, that was, oh, that was fun. I was working with Alex on that, and I guess I auditioned for it. Um, we just, we wanted something that was very evil, but very sort of sexy and sweet at the same time. And, uh played around with a couple of things and kind of I just that's where we ended up um she's very creepy I, I really enjoyed doing her 
crazy is an understatement. <laughs> and then she and all those black feathers going everywhere. She just seems like she, she's the, the stereotype that doll's eyes can creep you out. I think she's the reason that that stereotype is still standing today, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Gosh, well, it, and when I heard it for the first time, it took everything in me to refrain from doing a rent joke because she says that, that that number of hours since we met. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what was it, five hundred something something hours. I don't. I, and then you bust yeah. out. What? I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. You bust out. How do you measure a year in the light? Yeah, so that was yes, that was a renting movie <laughs> joke. That was not many people would get it, but I get it, and that's all that matters. I, I get it. All right, hey, thank you, thank you. Someone gets my jokes. A guest on the show gets my jokes. Who'd have thunk it? Okay, his next question is: How did you come up with the voice for uh, Mio Takano in When They Cry? And he has a request, and he wants to know: Would you say in her voice? Did you bury the body? Hmm. Let's see if I can find her voice again. She um that was that was another really interesting show because um I worked with Tony on that and you know, there were so many different you know, there were so many different endings because in each in each set of episodes you know, they all ended differently, and each character kind of played a different role. So each time there was, like, a different side of her revealed, and sometimes it was, sometimes she was just really innocent, and then sometimes, you know, you saw a darker side of her. And I just, I, to this day, you know, I don't know what is the truth about her, you know, and how much she really had to do with everything and how much she didn't. I would be very happy to do um, voices for you guys. This particular one, I'm afraid I'd disappoint you because I haven't heard it for a long time. I'd have to listen to it in order to get it right, and I'm afraid if I tried to do it, I would be off mark with it, and I wouldn't get it right. That's cool. I'm um, sure Cedric would I, understand. <laughs> I'm sure he. Would, I'm sure he would be cool with it. You know, it, 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 it's one of those unique shows. It, it, Rebecca, when we had her on, she even said that that was an odd show. Just. Little kids killing each other. It's like, yeah. And I'm, and I'm sorry. I, it had me going. What, the? (laughs) I am just. My jaw is dropped. My right side of my brain shuts down so the left side can catch up with it. I'm watching this little blue-haired girl take a knife and stab herself in the throat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what? What? Is this a dream? Is is that show? That show. I'm going to say this. I'm going to make a joke. Tom Cruise saw that show and went on antidepressants. I know a Tom Cruise joke. Again, again, the king of obscure references, but. <laughs> Again, you know, beggars can't be choosers, especially in today's economy. It's a paying gig, so you bite the bullet and you do it. Well, yeah, and uh, I also worked with some really cool people on that show. Um, I worked with um, Tony, directed it, Tony Oliver, and he's just so wonderful. Oh, Tony to Oliver, he's fantastic. I... We, 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 just, we had so much fun just working together, you know. 
So sometimes, you know, sometimes there's just, you know, even if the show you're like, okay, this isn't my favorite show, but this is kind of interesting, and this character's kind of interesting, and gosh, I love working with Tony, you know? So, uh, Tony's yeah. got some Tony's yeah. got some skills on him, I'll tell you what. A little bit. Oh, not only is he not only is he a great is he a producer, a great voice actor. It, it, it's amazing that these guys are like the Swiss pocket knives of anime. Oh, you know, yeah. you got him, you got Wendy Lee. She doesn't just she, she she also writes, she she directs, she ADRs. It, it's amazing all she can do. It, and and of course, that's, of course, I'm not selling you short either, Karen. You've you've got a very 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 diverse well, role of characters. <laughs> And, and 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 a lot of them have just made me say, "Wow." Hmm. Okay, um, Cedric says, uh, "If you can't do Armio, could you do it? Could you give us a little sweet Ginto?" Oh, Cedric, I could do that for you if you'd like. <laughs> and the temperature of the Jack and Jones Shredder Studio, part of the Electronic Media Division of CCM, just dropped twenty degrees. <laughs> Gosh, dolls getting taken over my show. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, what I got a problem with Sui Say Seki. I, I got a problem with these little brownie dolls. They, they, I, I wanna, they, they say they have all these magic powers. I want to remind them of something. They are fucking dolls. They are no bigger than Barbie dolls, and they can easily be punt kicked. <laughs> uh, so, again, listen to me yelling at a cartoon character. I've. Oh, I'm winning. We are having so much fun here on the show tonight. Oh boy. Okay. Um, another question, another listener question we got is, um, could we get Miyuki's opinion on which side of a Chaco Cornet is the head, the fat end, or the skinny end? Hmm. Well, let me see. Two years later. It, it really depends on how you define the head, because if you start from the bottom and eat your way to the top, then the bottom becomes the first part, and if you turned it upside down, then that would be the head. But if you started on the top and eat from the top, well, then I suppose that would be the head. So it would be very, very difficult to make that decision. I suppose I'd have to think about it. Okay. Hey, again. Uh, well, at least you're not. At least you're not trash talking. Yeah, I, and I, I thank you, Fabi. Thank you so much. Uh, again, I, I still, I still have no idea. Even when we ask Konata, no one explains what is a Chaco Cornet. I'm googling it, and all I'm getting is, uh, is more Jim Cornet references. And, and no, there's not going to be Jim Cornet reference in this interview. I promise you that. You know, a lot of things in the wrestling world make me cranky these days. Especially the way that some talent is treated and some talent is looked at by not only the promoters, but the wrestling fans as well. For example, guys like the NWO, the New World Order. You know, all the fans think these guys are so cool and so sweet and so funny. Well, as far as I'm concerned, the NWO is like a bunch of guys meeting out in the backyard in a clubhouse in a tree. <laughs> hey, boy. Uh, and uh, we're getting some more questions. Uh, uh Okay, here's a here's one. Um, well, they, they they want to remain anonymous. I don't know why, but um, could you give us a little Colin Stadfeld? Yeah. Uh, hang on, let me let me uh actually actually let me do something. I I I don't know if you heard. I did a little faux uh, news report in the beginning of the interview. I want to see if maybe we can uh let's see if we can bring that right back up. Let's see, let's see. Can we? 
Welcome back. We have got more breaking news. As we reported earlier in the show, the Britannian government had just announced that Ashford Academy student Colleen Stadfeld has been believed to have ties with the radical group The Black Knights, an organization known for its plans to overthrow the Britannian Empire. Joining us now live via phone, we have got Colleen Stadfeld. Colleen, what is your answer to these ludicrous statements? Well, Dennis, I don't know. I've been sworn to secrecy, and anything I tell you might change anyway. Secrecy? secrecy. What do you mean secrecy? And, and, and what are these rumors going around that your actual last name is Kozaki? <laughs> you know, really, Dennis? I'm just, I'm just a student at this school, so <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about it. And, you know, my health is poor. If you'll excuse me... I'm going to go do some cosplay. Kikology, it sounds like you are dodging the questions. Is it true that you have connections to the notorious Zero? Who is he? What is he about? Which side is up? I do not know. You are the only one who has the answers to these questions, and we need to know now. I don't even know who Zero is. I don't know who you're talking about. I'm what, sorry, I can't help you. What do you have to say to the report that you have been cited with several notorious members of the Black Knights? No comment. Answer the question. You're flip-flopping. All I can say is, they better be careful. <laughs> is that a threat? That. Nothing. Um, I have a class to get to, so I'm sorry, Dennis. I have to go. Why are they always doing this? They're always doing this. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as you can see, we have gotten zero answers about zero. Now back to your regularly scheduled program. We should we, we should submit that to to, to the Mashable Award. That that was funny. That was funny. That's funny. That's F U N H funny. Oh gosh! Even even the fans are going L M A O. Oh boy, this is this this is. I haven't had this much fun in a very long time. What does L M A O mean? Laughing my ass off. Ah, that's great. I mean, I can't laugh Bye. mine off because it's still there. I know a fat joke. Wow, I'm depressed. <laughs> another question we got. Okay, another, another not a voice act request. So, where are you going to be at the next convention? Are you are you going? Are you got any conventions coming up? I'm not sure yet. Um. Right now, I I don't have any planned. I'll see. I I don't um, I don't do as many conventions as my colleagues do. Um, I kind of I guess I'm a little more of a hermit. Um, but I will. Uh, I I don't have one yet. But I'm going to have a Facebook site coming up. I guess in the next month or two, with all my fan information and stuff. So as soon as I know about that. Um, you know, don't don't start looking now. I think there's like some fans that have made a Facebook site, but it's not. I don't have anything to do with it. Um, but in like two months, or maybe even a month or so, I'll have a Facebook site up, and I'll start putting all that information up so people can start looking for that in a little while. And we will have a link to that on the All Taste Explosion website at alltasteexplosion.com. And of course, we'll have a link to your uh, your website as well, KarenStrassman.com. If anybody out there is looking for a great a great voice, you know. <laughs> point, 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 point. 
Jeez, oh, I just again, and we're getting a Cedric says that was L M F A O picking myself up off the floor. Oh boy, this <laughs> uh, this one's gonna give me the Bearcast Award for sure. Well, um, well, is there a is there a, anything that you like to you would like to bring to your to your public to your general public that you maybe want to talk about? Is there an issue you feel like deserves some kind of notice? And we, we'll turn the mic over to you. Is there something you like to talk about? Um, gosh, I'm um, I'm not very I'm not a very political or issue oriented person. Um, I, I just I think that my experience in my own voiceover career has just been just about, you know, people helping each other and being kind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the world is so crazy right now, and I think that we're all under so much stress, and I, I think that's why I, I'm so grateful for what I do, because we get to entertain people, and it's fun. Um, but I, I think, you know, there's a lot of stress, and you know, a lot of hard stuff going on in the world right now. It's kind of, there's a lot of turmoil. And and I think as much as we can be kind to each other and, you know, help each other when we can, I think sometimes we all get so stressed that we forget that. It's a very simple, maybe naive message, but that's the thing that comes to mind to say. And I think that um, any success that I have had, a lot of it is just because of, you know, people giving me an opportunity and being kind to me, you know, and believing in me, you know. And, and I think the other thing that I just I just want to say to all of you guys is um, I, I just do this because I love it. And um, I never imagined that I would have fans or that people would, you know, track down what I do. And, and I'm very, very flattered by that. You guys are, you guys are awesome. And um, it's, I'm just really grateful for all your support, you know, and uh, and I hope that everybody listening, you know, listen to your dreams and follow them, believe in them and follow them, you know. Uh, Do that too. We got actually got a comment from Fantesca, and Fantesca says, "I really liked you as Yuzuki and Showbits. I liked that much. I made a unique brand of cosplay to go with it." Wow! He's actually they actually got on their on their Facebook page. They got a picture of now. Now my friend told me about this. It's called it's called Kigurumi, and this guy this this guy I believe it's a guy. I'm not sure, but he is he's actually made a mask of Yuzuki. That's fantastic! It's fantastic. I know. Oh, I am so clever tonight. Maybe you can. Maybe you can put it up at the radio station site or something. Oh, um, oh well, I'll, I'll send you an email to the uh, phone. Oh, He's a friend of a friend of mine, and uh, oh, cool. Uh, and and he asks, would you give us a little bit of Yuzuki? Showbits. Oh my goodness, God, that was so long ago. I mean, if you can't, it's, it's totally cool. You know, we're not gonna. I'm not gonna hold a knife to your head and and say do it. I'm, I'm not an animal like that, folks. Some of, some of these I'd need to hear again and be like the second I'd hear it, I'd be like, oh, and then I could do it for you. Right, let's go to the demo reel, kitties. Welcome to our home. How do you do? My name is Yuzuki. So you would be Mr. Kokobunji's elder sister. Oh no. I'm a Persicom who was custom-built by Lord Minoru. Yeah. They give you enough of... Oh, my gosh. I love her. 
Welcome to our home. My name is Yuzuki. Woo! Yuzuki! 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 I like she's 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 hot. She's I don't care if she's a robot android cyborg. Oh, she's very hot. When I saw her, I was like, that can't be a that can't be a robot. And then she pulls the cord out of her like, son of a bitch, she's a robot. <laughs> Man, the Japanese are getting more more advanced. Gosh, it, 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 that show was just it was amazing. Where are them in our future? It's 2000. Still no flying cars, and they got they got robots. I, I maybe I'm in the maybe I'm in the I'm in the wrong I'm in the wrong country. But uh, speaking of um, Japan, uh, are, are you? Um, we talked with a lot of voice actors, and they're doing a lot to raise awareness of the disaster that occurred in Japan about two months ago. And um, are you doing anything special to help raise awareness? I'm, I don't think I'm, I'm doing anything politically. I think that I think that we talk a lot amongst people, and you know we're all giving to charities and everything. And Stephanie Shea just did this amazing uh, event that was just fantastic that a lot of people were at. Um, I think you know I think the thing that I I have to say about what's going on in Japan is just reading, you know, talking to friends who have friends who are there and. You know, reading all of the stories about it, it's, I'm kind of in awe of how the Japanese people are, are living it with such honor and they're really taking care of one, of the, one another. And, you know, I, I think that the Japanese culture, one of their, you know, I think different cultures, we all have different values, which are sometimes more prominent in some cultures than other, others. And I think that, you know, one of the culture, one of the uh, qualities that's very prominent in the Japanese culture is honor, and honor involves, you know, taking care of your family. It involves, you know, reaching out and make sure others are fed. I mean, I've heard stories about how there are like, you know, like candy machines and soda pop machines, you know, in the streets of the towns that have been bombed, and there are people without food and drink, you know. And I think in, a, in America, people would have just, you know, hacksawed into those things or hammered their way into them and stolen whatever they could. And apparently, you know, what from what I've heard, you know, those vendor machines, they're just, nobody's touched them, you know, out of, out of honor. You don't do that. And um, it, it just sounds like there's, there's a sense of really taking care of each other and um, of, you know, coming from that place. And, you know, I live in Los Angeles, and sometimes I wonder, you know, here or, or other places, if, you know, what it would, if it would look like that, you know, and I, it's really made me think um, about, you know, about how we could and should react if a disaster happened, you know, and, and how to take care of each other. Um, I think we all get so scared and all of a sudden it's just each man for his own. And um, I've been thinking a lot about that quality of honor and, and you know, taking care of those around you. And I, I think that it's something that we can learn a lot from. And I think that we can really learn a lot from the Japanese right now in how they're handling these situations. Um, and in some ways, 
they are very much in need of help and support. But it's very interesting. In other ways, they are living a living example, and I think that we should really observe them. And there's a lot to be learned for how they're living the situation. I know it's easy to, to you know to forget about the whole Japanese incident, and, and, and there are and there are a lot of things we joke about on the show. But one thing we cannot joke about is is the plight that the Japanese are in. This is not something that's just going to clean itself up. It's not going to mm-hmm. go away just like that. This is going to be a a work in progress. It's going to take years among years to get Japan to back to where it is. So that's why that's why I say this. And I got, ladies and gentlemen, I've said this once. I've said it a million bajillion times. I've said it over 9,000 times. Over 9,000. Japan needs our help. You know, you don't have to just give money. You can give time. You can give energy. You can give love. Just that they know that someone over here cares a lot about them and about their plight. You know, that's a lot to get people through. And we just can't sweep this under the broom like Katrina, where it's every man for himself. We need to come together as a country, as a globe. And help out the country that has given us culture, uh, art, anime, a talk show that I can have guests like Karen and, and Wendy Lee and, and Vic Mignogna and, and Eric Stewart and everyone on here. So please, look into your heart. Give generously to your American Red Cross. I'm Dennis Daniel, and I like pie. I know it's really tough to think about another country that's in, in need, especially since we're still in a bit of a recession. But if we don't do something, it's it's not going to get better. It's and, I, and I, it's not like you can just sweep this under the rug and it's going to be done. It's not going to be gone. And I, think, is, and, I think, and I think every little bit helps. You know, I think people think if they don't give a lot, then it's not worth anything. But I think if many, many people just give a little, then it turns into a lot. Yes, and if and if you, if you're not down with that, I got two words for you. Help out. It wasn't gonna be. It wasn't gonna be suck it. So, all right, um, Karen, I got one final question, and I, I I know you're probably tired after a long day of uh, kicking ass and voice acting. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, dominating that. You know, cause that's what you do. Because I've seen, like I said, I've seen a lot of stuff, and you just tear the roof off. You know, tear it off, kick its butt, and kick it to the curb of, like, to epicness. And, well, you've left a legacy that's transcended time. A lot of countless characters, uh, you know, if, if they're bats in boots that look kind of, you know, kind of kind of weird, to uh, creepy dolls that will, that could actually kick a grown man's ass by just by holding through the finger and making them go, you've done shy characters, you've done shy-looking characters that can really kick a guy's butt. You've done people with French accents. You've done movies. You've done Meg Ryan in French with American accent, which I, I mean, we're, we're going to we're gonna try to find that. I want to see what that is like. It's got to be crazy. I just got to, do you feel like you've left quite a legacy in anime and or overall in, in your voice acting career? You know, um, I, I don't think that's for me to say. I don't know. I I, uh, I I don't. It. It. I think. I. I think that's for you all to decide. I. I just hope that. Um, I'm just flattered that people enjoy some of what I do and that it brings people some fun. 
and uh, I'm just I'm just flattered by that. And if there is a legacy, then I'm I'm flattered by that too. I just um, I'm just feel really lucky to get to do what I do. And and I never I never really even thought about being famous or having a legacy. So the fact that people people like my work and that there are fans who you know are listening to the show and that you even want me on this show, I'm just I'm humbled by it and I'm flattered by it. And I think that's thanks to all of you. I'm the one who should be flattered and humble that you would take time out of your very, very busy schedule, you know, to to come here, to come on the phone, you know, or sit next to the couch with me, you know, give it, give an hour, hour and a half of your time to to talk to a goofy, wacky anime fan with a with a lot of hair he needs to get cut off of his head because it's, it's turning into a, a bush, and it's, it's 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 just I'm 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 honored and I'm thrilled and I I thank you from the deepest part of my heart. I'm standing up. I'm giving you a standing ovation. It's just me, the last and clapping in the, in the podcast. It's, 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 we're making some magic here, folks, and hopefully you will be able to come back on the show real soon with any new projects you're working on. If you got something you want plugged, we'll be more than happy to plug it on our show. And I, I, I know this, this does not sum up all the happiness in my heart, but all I can say, Karen, is thank you. Uh, it was really fun. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you. Uh-huh. And, uh, and again, 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 check out that's KarenStrassen.com. Is it KarenStrassen.com? Um, my website or my email? Website. Website, yes. KarenStrassen.com. We're going to have a link to it on the All Tate Explosion webpage. Karen Strassman, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, we'll be back real soon with another great guest. This has been the Dennis Daniels Show. Until next time, good night, everybody! Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.